remind people on Zoom meeting that the meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to me. Unless you are participating during the meeting, please turn your video off, except for the members of the board, they should have their videos on. Um, this allows for the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will when you're participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat in a direct. People or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting, and I'll turn it back over to the chairperson, John Navanian. Thank you. Thank you. Um, first, uh, first item of business is uh, approving the minutes of the May's, May's meeting. Um, are there uh, suggestions for changes to the minutes? Seeing none, is there a motion to approve the minutes? I will make a motion to approve last month's minutes. Amber is to um, move to um, move to approve the minutes of May eighth. Is there a second? I second. Same time with board member. It's been moved and seconded. Um, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay, let's move on to public comment. So the public comment here is um, is on any uh, the any, any issues that are not on the formal agenda itself. If there are comments on items on the agenda. They will come as we are um, as we are working on the agenda item. Uh, do we have any? Um, yeah, did you have any public comment? No. Okay, you just okay. okay. Steve, did you have any public comment this evening? Uh, yes, just briefly. Um, just wanted to mention uh, thank you um, to Parks and Rec for the four outdoor pickleball court uh, nets at SPL. I know that they're uh, getting a lot of use. Um, and then also uh, I spoke last uh, last meeting about rental policies. And I also appreciate the, the update to the rental policy for Lions Park, the pickleball courts there, and uh, also the ability to, to rent the courts at SPL. Uh, there's many players that are already taking advantage of uh, booking reservations for those. Uh, and also the, um, you know, the whole park renting out all eight courts for special permit. Um, I know last year, I think that was only done a couple of times for two different events. And I know of at least four different groups that are planning events over this summer. So I'd be in real interested to see kind of the year over year revenue growth generated from pickleball. Um, I don't know if, if you're, uh, tracking that, uh, if there's a way to, to kind of, focus in on that and, and see how it's growing. But um, I just think it's, it's going to really grow and continue to grow. And this past weekend, I attended the Show Me State Games in Columbia. It was a four-day tournament. There were 375 registered participants. And uh, just from registration fees, they generated over $20,000. And um, coming up next month and then in September are the Sunflower Games over in Topeka and then the Kansas Senior Games. And so I know we have a, um, a proposal for some, some new courts working its way through the CIP process. And I just, you know, I, 
I think the the ability to generate revenue by hosting events um, it, it's a real opportunity, and and uh, I just uh, I, I'm real pleased that uh, you know we're really seeing growth in pickleball in Lawrence and working with Parks and Rec and staff. Um, you know the, the improvements that are being made. We're starting up a league here uh, very soon um, at, at SPL Indoors. It's running on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and I know all the players are real excited about that. So. Uh, just wanted to, I guess, kick off the meeting with a, with some appreciation to staff and everything you're doing regarding pickleball. And that's all I had. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, are there any um, other uh, public comments? Okay, then let's move on to the first agenda item. Um, the third part, um, Prairie, the Nature Center update, and partnership with Haskell Indian Nations University. Thank you. I'll, I'll just start off. Uh, we went to the City Commission with a, a memo that the mayor had asked for to bring back to the City Commission discussing Prairie Park and the Prairie Park Nature Center. We provided updates to the public comment. It was on the City Manager's report. Uh, we continue to work with our um, partners with res restoration of the prairie and with uh, Haskell University on some other projects. So I'll turn over to Mark first for uh, some of the updates, and he did meet with the group today as they continue to look at uh, restoration options. Yeah, we, Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. We had our first meeting this afternoon. Actually, a great meeting. Um, at four or five public uh, experts meeting with staff mostly. So we were mostly kicking ideas around on what's our next steps to do restore. Do we try to expand the prairie? Most of what we're looking at is trying to let the prairie rest and then work outside of the prairie area to get rid of some of the woody invasives. So we have uh, honeysuckle on the perimeters, uh, two types of honeysuckle, and then sumac in the prairie. So what we're going to initially look at is how do we eradicate those. That could be a year-long process. So not a lot of prairie management it's more monitoring of the prairie. So Kansas Biological Survey set up a whole monitoring station and they now have an active website that's going to define uh, what their research is coming up with, which is great. So we're going to continue that. And then we have um, some of the local experts have given us ideas on things that they feel could be step-by-step -step over the next, it's honestly probably going to be winter before we do too much. But there is some seed collection we can do to try to put some of the species back, possibly that were lost. Mm -hmm. The good news on, on the biological survey, they've identified 279 species that currently exist in the prairie. So the notion that all species were lost is not accurate. So there was some that obviously were impacted, but there is still a very, very high wide range of species that exist in the prairie. So a lot of what I think we're really gonna work on is try to pull the perimeters back away from the prairie. So we have some really aggressive woody invasion into the prairie. So that's our main goal just right now. Identifying funding to accomplish these tasks. So obviously it's going to take labor. And you know, how do we do it? Who's going to do it? What's the funding source for it? It's probably our next steps. But it, it was a great meeting. It, it was kind of fun to have them out there and we can say, okay, here's what we would do. Do you agree or disagree? You know, most times it was thumbs up. Sometimes like, have you thought about this? Mm -hmm. It's like, sure. But there's 
once they've identified what problems we're facing, they can go back and research and give us another ideas too. So we have a Kansas State Extension Service, we have a biological survey, we have Courtney's group that's that's more of a nonprofit. So we have basically three sources of, of expertise that we can tap into as well as our staff. I mean, we have just a great deal of expertise on staff. Pretty encouraging, honestly. Cool. Questions or comments for Mark? Actually, uh, Lindsay might have some updates too. And I don't you know if you want to do a new question now or you can question after the Nature Center piece of that. Uh, no, uh, let's go ahead. Okay, sure. Uh, Lindsay Hart, Assistant Director. Uh, as far as um, all things Nature Center, uh, it's it's going great out there. We just started summer camp, which is really exciting for staff. We have a really, really great camp out there. Um, we do have, we've had some staffing changes. We do have a new interim Nature Center supervisor. Uh, her name is Dara Wilson, and she has been um, a, a staff member out at the Nature Center for about 12 years. And so we have appointed her as our interim supervisor. And so um, now that we're getting kind of some, some staffing things in place, we are, um, we're really focusing on new programming. And um, as part of our sponsorship task force um, with staff, we are um, working on getting some sponsorship opportunities opportunities put together uh, specifically for the Nature Center so we can get that out into the community. So, uh, you know, we do we do plan to reach out to, um, you know, the, our, our members um, who came out to the community conversation in September. Uh, we're going to be sharing with them some of the new programming ideas that we have and um, get some thoughts and feedback. And then when the sponsorship packet is ready, we will also be reaching out um, to community members to help us uh, get that out. And um, hopefully we can start bringing in some new sponsors. So um, so if you haven't been out there, it's it looks really good. Um, staff is just doing a great job and uh, really, you know, really happy about what's going on up there right now. And some collaborative efforts with programming with Haskell. I don't know. I can give an update on that. Um, we met with Haskell, Derek, myself, and, and two folks from the Nature Center with uh, a couple representatives of the business college at Haskell. And they have some students that are looking for internships and stuff. And so we're trying to align those with staffing as well. But for the, for the immediate future right now, uh, they have um, some camps this summer in which I know that they actually posted on Facebook and I reposted today, um, thanks to them. But they had a couple students as well as the Dean of the Business College. Uh, he, he came out and talked. It was like prairie, it, it, surviving on the prairie. And so the kids got you know, experience from people of indigenous culture to kind of understand how they live off the land as well as part of the program. So it, it, to me, it's going to be just growing that whole program even much so much more uh, in the future. And they're looking at developing other programs with Haskell students um, to help in, in facilitating them to the public. Great. Questions, comments? So, yeah. Val Renault, board member, um, did you, um, you were talking about some meetings with uh, neighbors and stuff did we were talking they were talking about having like a friends group friends of prairie park is that 
Is that coming to fruition or is that part at, of this? At this point, it, it it's in the future, but again, since we've had staffing changes, we're kind of waiting to get, again, we have an interim supervisor. Once we get a, you know, I think a permanent full-time supervisor in place, that's something we'll look at later this year. Okay. Um, so right now there's, there's no plans. We're kind of just taking things small steps at a time, just getting our staffing in order. Uh, Sam Thomas, board member. I think I last month someone was like concerned about the animal care at the nature center. Is there an update on that about like what's happening with that? Yeah, uh, Lindsay Hart, assistant director. That was part of the memo that we answered as well. So um, I just kind of a quick recap. Um, we are no longer taking injured wildlife wildlife at the nature center. Um, again, we're really trying to focus on the the initial mission of the nature center, which is programming and education. Um, we also had staff who were certified to take in the injured wildlife who no longer work for us, and so it's not something that we're set up to do right now. So we don't have staff who are certified to do that. So again, it's it's a process that, that we chose not to continue. Um, again, and we, our staff um, have, you know, a lot of information that we can share with the public if they do need, you know, to know where to go to take an injured animal. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing our best to educate people if they come to us and, and we're happy to help them find the right spot. But again, we are, are not equipped to take those animals any longer. Are there thoughts Mark, I have a question for you. Uh, these uh, sort of ad hoc relationships that you're working on, they, they really sound exciting. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, if, is there a way to, um, you know, every quarter or something, gather people like, you know, these experts? And, and um, I, I just think the, the more Parks and Rec reaches out, to these other groups, the more invested they will be in Parks and Rec. And I just find it fascinating. It is, it, it, it was kind of funny because the conversation today started to range further away from Prairie Park and looking at how we manage all native lands and great ideas. And then we had to kind of pull it back a little bit and go, okay, let's focus mm -hmm. here. And, and very seldom do we get an opportunity to say, let's focus on this five acres, yeah, as opposed to four thousand. So, you know, if we can come up with a management plan for that five acres that we may be able to use in other places, great. Then we want, you know, we've identified the potential of needing a, a whole different division within our department to deal with native lands and and woodlands. Now that takes money. So, you know, I I think there's a lot of great ideas thrown around, and everybody has a little bit different take. Even even the experts at our meeting didn't necessarily agree with each other. So it, it was an interesting idea, and you know, I've I really appreciate their so far. They've just kind of been say, hey, try this, try this. Have you done this? And so at some point, we're going to have to start going. Okay. If, if this group is going to do this work, are we paying them to do this work? Mm -hmm. Or the survey of the prairie, is that free forever? Or is that just something they did to help us out? Mm -hmm. If we want to continue that, well, we have to pay to continue that. Mm -hmm. So it, it'll all come down a little bit to money and staff and time. But okay. certainly meeting with groups is something we do everywhere. And none of these folks are really new to us. They're people we've worked with before. Well, could we... Uh, could we... Uh... <clears throat> get an update on the agenda for a couple of months. Sure. 
is so we can kind of um, explore greater relationships. And I'll just put it under the other part there. Okay. Okay. Um, Jackie Bunker. So I went to the website in terms of looking at the animals. I think that's going to be something that's going to take time in our community to get people to know they can't utilize it anymore. And it says to reach out to mburrell at lawrencekansas.org. Is that the most yeah, direct we need, one? That we need yeah. to okay. Yeah. And then it says click here to read our assessment guide to helping wildlife. So if we can make sure the website gets updated fairly quickly, I think that's really important to make sure we're getting the word out that we don't yeah, offer that service because I know I've done it in the past. I have called an right. animal you know, for going to Operation Wildlife. Really. Yeah. So I think that's just important that we make sure we get that information. Okay, we're ready to move to uh, item two. Uh, the uh, Parks and Rec um, and Poker Plan, Master Plan Update, Steering Committee. That's me, Porter Arneal, Assistant Director. And um, I have a fairly quick report here. Um, we were very pleased that 41 people applied to serve on the steering committee, so we had a really good turnout. Um, I think all of us really beat the proverbial bushes and got the word out on this, so that was a good, good response. Um, staff reviewed the applications carefully, and we worked to create a well-balanced 13-member steering committee that rep represents broad community diversity and includes appropriate stakeholders including the current chair of the Parks and Recreation Board. Um, we're in the process of notifying applications, applicants, excuse me, we're working with the city manager's office to ensure we have a representative from USD 497. So that's in process, but the other 12 are um, in place. Great. As soon as we're ready, the Confluence Consulting Team will reach out to the steering committee members and begin scheduling the first of several meetings over the next few months. Um, it's anticipated that the steering committee will meet once a month for about two to three hours for six to eight months. That's the anticipated wow. right now. That's going to be in addition to a lot of community engagement. So really reaching out to a vast array of people in the community to get as much insight and feedback. And to your point, you know, what are all the yeah. thoughts on these different areas that we're looking at? Um, Confluence is scheduled to present an update on their plans for the comprehensive plan process to the City Commission on July 18th. So it'll be a study session with the City Commission. And they'll present there. To, at that point, they should have a better sense of their um, calendar throughout this process. And they'll have probably engaged with the um, steering committee at that point as well. Um, and just a quick reminders, anyone interested in participating in any of the future community engagement events can sign up for email notifications. Um, by going to the city subscription page. So the subscription page there and listed under that is under city projects is the Parks, Recreation, Arts and Culture Comprehensive Plan. So we'll have a notification that goes out on that for this purpose. We also have a web page dedicated to this effort um, under the community engagement part. So if you go to our city web page at community engagement, you can find this as a community engagement project. Um, which right now has the background information of everything that we've done, and we'll have future information as we add to that going forward. Um, that's it. So, Porter, will the uh, will the confluence um, will I guess working with the steering committee will identify st invite stakeholders to. It'll be combined with this. So, the steering committee, as I understand, please chime in, Derek. You've been involved in this as well, everybody. But basically, the steering committee is sort of the eyes and ears for the city as Confluence works through the, and builds this plan. That makes sense. So certainly, feedback.
will direct confluence as to what sort of community engagement is, is needed okay. from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, too, we have an arts and culture um, member on the confluence team. So a lot of this will be the arts and culture yes. piece. Um, I've been working with the Cultural Arts Commission and, and talking about what does that look like? What is it that we're trying to... Okay to um, ascertain basically for this, you know, for this purpose. So a lot of it is kind of coming from the ethers and bringing it back in. So the steering committee will be part of that, but it's also going to be community members who are going to be really feeding us information and helping to guide this process. And then we, we want to reassure the Parks and Rec Advisory Board that we're going to be Absolutely. Involved in that. As will the Cultural Arts Commission, because they're certainly yeah. part of this too, as, as will other boards and okay. commissions who might be interested for any reason. Other uh, uh, comments, questions? Sounds good. Okay. Thank you, Porter. Mm -hmm. This is really pretty exciting. Yeah, it's Yeah. Is Confluence excited about it? I think they're ready to get started. Yeah, so oh, cool. yeah, I think they are excited. They're just eager to get started. Oh, get this is there a typically expected number of people that, you know, like, you know, that you can expect 10% survey response when it comes to, like, uh, ask for steering committees and things? Yeah. Is there a ballpark that... You mean all community engagement or just the steering committee? Oh, I'm just curious if they were thinking that they might get 20 applications for the steering committee or, you know, if... if oh, it's one of those things you really just don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, we were really also focused on really trying to maximize diversity. So um, let me give you some quick feedback. We're close with, um, we have a wide range of ages. I think age is something in diversity we often don't talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know my allergies are kicking in here, but um, we have every, every representatives from 18 years old up to past 60. So we have some young folks on the, on the steering committee. It'll be really great. And again, with the community engagement, we'll be working with this, the uh, community engagement office to really make sure we do as much outreach on it as possible. So honestly, I was very pleased with 41 applicants. I thought that was a really good turnout, particularly in a fairly short amount of time. So that was good. And we got some good candidates and you know, I think a, a wide range of representation, which is gonna be really important. Right? Yeah. I know I saw lots of information on social media about the, the opportunity. So yeah. yeah, well done. Good, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's move on then to um, concerns, board member items of interest. Any particular items that board members would like to bring up? Uh, yeah, I have one, Sam Thomas, board member. Um, I was wondering about the Edgewood bathroom situation. If I, we had to do a geological survey, is that still happening? Do you know about that? Yeah, Mark Hager, assistant director. Honestly, we haven't made any progress on that project at all. We, we need to work with staff and um, folks we need to do to get the surveys put together. So it hasn't moved since last meeting. Cool. Any other concerns, interests, questions? Thank you, Becker. I have a question about Lions Park. Uh, it looks like a lot of stuff was sprayed by the dugouts and stuff, and all the grass around the dugouts was dead. Um, I'm just curious 
because I know we did talk about this in another space and place. Is there a sign that's always put up when something is sprayed or what would have caused all the stuff around the dugout area, the grasses to, to die? Because someone was like, oh, it was sprayed. And then I was like, oh, I don't know what it was. And I don't know. <laughs> so Yeah, Mark Hecker, assistant director, I don't know specifics, but what you're telling me is someone probably sprayed Roundup to control weeds and the fences and dugouts, mm -hmm. which is fairly standard okay. to, in areas we don't want weeds. Okay. Was it posted? I don't know the answer. Okay. That, so, yeah, that, that, was last, that was last Friday. The season is done with for the year, yeah. so... Maybe next time, always maybe if we can do it after the seasons are done. Because I mean, again, I don't know what I may have put my feet on or touched or, you know. So our, our policy would be 24 hours prior to spraying and 24 hours after spraying. So I don't know if that happened. But the notice would be there. Right. Okay. Right. Got it. Thank you. I can check. Okay, let's move on to other items. Here we have five. Uh, let's do the B-Box update. Sounds like a dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have any follow-up on that. Um, our individual has been busy and had some other concerns to been out of the office, and uh, I need to get him to follow up. And going back to what Robert had asked for the board, uh, Rob Brooks, uh, we'd like to raise awareness of the 52 parks in the city, including the four future parks. I think he's a little on a number of parks, and he'd also like to get more people involved um, with the program. And then he also added uh, about information out at Mary's Lake and some other uh, QR code postings that could be done. And I'd ask Tyler to get with um, Dr. Brooks about MOU for the year and getting that updated. So it needs to, we need to get together with uh, Dr. Brooks and get them updated and discuss his proposals. So sorry, I don't have more at this time. Mark, Parks and Rec. Um, Parks and Rec update. Basically, when we hit mid-June, we hit full stride on all the normal maintenance activities. So all the ball diamonds are going, shelters are going, the restrooms are going. Uh, it seems like we do a special event every single weekend set up somewhere. So we don't do a lot of projects summertime because we're just basically trying to keep up with mowing and everything else. But there are a couple that are running right now. That uh, We have a parking lot project that's replacing the surfacing on the Prairie Park on the east side. So we're redoing that lot. We're also working at East Lawrence Center lot. So those two are a bigger CIP project that's working. The Broken Arrow Shelter project is currently underway. We're having a little trouble getting that thing moving. Every time we take some concrete out, we discover something else needs to be put in a change order. So um, the perils of working on a 100-year-old building. So, um, But we still hope that's going to finish up here in late July. We're working on trail design from 7th Street to 8th Street, so it's just a little piece that would connect us over to the Santa Fe Depot. Um, working on uh, acquiring the property from the landowners for an evening. So that's moving along. The other thing that we're working on design-wise is the trail that would go from Santa Fe Depot over to Constant Park. So that's that really tricky part through downtown. We fly over the river, do we avoid the river? Do we go under the bridges, over the bridges? So we have a design consultant that we're negotiating fee with right now. So hopefully that'll wrap up here in the next couple of weeks. So there some of the things that we've asked for costing a little more than we had anticipated. So we have to negotiate pricing. But those are the big things that are flying right now. But like I said, it's 
is truly, you know, keeping the flowers watered, keep the grass mowed, keeping the restrooms clean. So, yes, good question. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the river front and center and all the really big ideas around that. Is that kind of fizzled out or is that still a group that is engaged or? It's not. So in fact, that group is part of the design group that we're negotiating with. Okay. So they've teamed with Bartlett and West. And so they're part of the design group. So they have them, they have Bartlett and West, they have a, a public engagement consultant and then a grant writing consultant. So the idea of this whole thing is we're going to put this proposal together that can be built and then we're going to go for a raise grant so a raise grant maybe a 40 million dollar federal grant to construct the project mm -hmm. so that's what this phase of this is so it's building a doing a constructible design and then we go for a raise grant to actually build the project so what they're designing is not actually construction documents mm -hmm. it's getting through public engagement to everybody agrees this is what we should do and then moving the idea forward for grant proposal. Is it still looking as like as fantastic as it was? I mean, it was they had some really they were they came with the don't stop with what is possible, you know. I mean, yes. they really had some grand ideas. The canoe or the boat. No, it was like flipping it and having it so that you would go out over the river and spiral down. What down by Okay. Yeah, and honestly, their design team was selected because they had already done so much work on it because we had others that were just fresh to the project. And our thinking was that look, this group has worked on this for a couple of years already and they've talked to a lot of people. So not to just discount that work and start over, we wanted to take advantage of that work. And and yeah, the, the biggest thing and I've been involved with them from day one is just kind of pulling it back a little bit. Like, okay, you got 38 different things, which are their top two or three here. So, so yeah, I think we're still going to dream big. And, you know, when you're looking for a grant proposal, you're looking for something really cool yeah. as opposed to what's the minimum we can possibly do to get by. So that's the concept we're going with. Like I said, some of the consulting fees we're looking at are a little higher than we'd anticipated or have budgeted for. So yeah. we just have to come to the middle somewhere. Thank you. Okay, so um, let's see, Paul, do you have another yeah, um, I'm really happy to report that we are doing the outdoor downtown sculpture exhibition for the 34th year, um, but the, for the first time really since COVID. So I'm, I'm really happy. It's been actually a lot of fun. I've been helping artists install their artworks. So we're getting that geared up and that's going to open on final Friday at 530. And we're going to start at the visitor center and do a sculpture walk, which is always a hoot. Um, and I'm always amazed at how um, um, rugged people here are that they're willing to go out in 100 degree weather and walk with me for like 10 blocks and look at sculpture. It's great. Um, so that's coming up and where these pieces are going in. So you'll start to see more of that happening. And I will call your attention and a local artist, Mara Strayer, um, actually built a piece for the exhibition that recently went up in front of the Carnegie on the South Lawn. Um, on the right side under the tree. And it really looks great there. And she's so pleased with, she's been making these sculptures, but this is sort of her first real public commission. And that is near to dear in my heart because I, I really believe in the value of professional development for artists. 
And it's a great opportunity for her to actually build her portfolio. Um, she's made the piece, so it's, it's a great, that, that to me is a great success, you know. And then I will say to David Vertasnik, who taught at KU for many years, um, has a piece out at Theodore Lawrence that also looks fabulous. So if you get out to Theodore Lawrence, you'll see that piece out there. It's really nice. Um, and then on Summerfest, we're getting things, um, we're coming into that pinch time. Um, our staff has done a great job putting things together right now. There will be a craft fair as part of this event. Uh, this is all out of the Douglas County Fairgrounds. So there'll be a craft fair that starts at 10 a.m. Um, there'll be music starting at four, and we have four local groups that are going to be playing up, into the, up until the fireworks display. So it'll be nice to have some music out there. Free State will be serving beer um, out there as well and around the area that you're going to be watching the music and then eventually the fireworks, which will be nice. We're going to have food trucks. We're still working on that. Um, if anybody knows good food trucks, let us know because we're, we're still poking around trying to figure out who, who the best options would be for that. And then the fireworks will begin at 9, 9.30, 9.45, which when it gets dark. So all that is coming together nicely. Our partners at the county have been great um, helping us coordinate all this. And we actually just reviewed things today and kind of got everybody up to speed on where we are and how we're going to navigate all these things and get maps together stuff. So I think it's a great start to something that will probably be a pretty, a growing event over the years. Good. Well, I have a question uh, for you. Um, the, um, the art, the Cooper Temper art, that is the one that's associated with the police station, that beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. How do we bring more attention to that? Bring more attention to the policy, no, to the physical. I mean, that thing is really something. Yeah, thanks. And I mean, I'm really like, pleased with that art. It's like, oh um, no, it, it's not very visible unless you're driving, you know, purposefully driving by it. I mean, would you at least consider at some point, some way? Of, yeah, I think, you know, postcard is a funny thing because it tends to obviously get most attention by who sees it. Um, and so when it's in a neighborhood, and that was somewhat intentional, Mark and I actually started on oh. the project early on, that it was going to be part of that eventually new park yeah. adjacent to the police station, because the money was basically generated as part of the, the police headquarters building. Oh, okay. But rather than putting it in a building that isn't highly public, we thought, well, is there some other opportunity okay. here? So the Cultural Arts Commission... Uh, we met with Mark and talked it through, and so that was part of it. So I know it's beloved by that neighborhood. I'm really, yeah. I know a few people that live out there, and they really enjoy oh, watching that process. Yeah. But to your point, it's part of our bigger city collection, too. So part of it is growing the collection and promoting that. Um, and then we have the temporary works as well. So one is social media and getting it out on social yeah. media and that type of thing. So, But I appreciate the point on that, too. Yeah, we need to have a tour of 2% for well, I'm curious because I can't make Final Friday. And so is there a self-guided document map or something that oh, is like perfect? I, 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 I owe you money because I, 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 I got to say something really important um, in relation to what I just talked about. And actually, this is a perfect connection. Um, so we are working with a, an app called AutoCast. Eric Feinstein and I have known each other for years now. He started this years ago. It's a really simple, free app 
that anybody can pull under their phone. It's AutoCast, O-T-O-C-A-S-T. And we've actually been in it before. So if you go in there now, you'll actually see some older projects that we need to get out, frankly. But we always put the Outdoor Downtown Sculpture Exhibition in that. So and it literally is self-guided. So you can actually see pins show up. And it'll tell you where all these things are and you can walk. And eventually, Derek will get Eric will get the um, artist, and so you can actually do sort of a museum. It's really oh, cool. Okay. Um, and the art commission is talking about possibly doing another event later in the season, so we could have another opportunity for folks to get out and actually walk some of these things. And that's a good point. We could probably add have an accident about that. I need to get a price from him, but we can add our bigger permanent public art pieces to that as well. You know what else you might think about is if we do get the you know, a tour, an um, electronic tour, um, contacting the visitor center at KU and, and seeing whether or not they would make that accessible to visitors. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be me. When you say visitor center, is that the same as the alumni? <laughs> The, yeah, the, the what used to be the alumni center, yeah. Okay, so now it's the visitors. You have been there. No. I've, I've it's seen called the K it's Jayhawk the Welcome Center. Okay, I know what it is. Yeah, and I've seen the wall. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe connections there. That's a great little thing. Well, and they've got all those digital experiences that you can. Yeah. Put, so it could almost become a oh digital experience that somebody got to have. Yeah, and I will say too, our friends at Explore Lawrence have been putting together information on their website and just gathering like, I mean, part of the challenge is we have an array of public art, not all tied just to the city's program. So you have obviously lots of local murals and that kind of thing. So part of it is who's responsible for what. And I appreciate they've actually picked up that baton and started putting it on their web page. So yeah, that's a good idea. All that together. Okay, Lindsay. Okay, well, hopefully you had a chance to read the recreation report. There was a lot in it. Um, you can't tell we have a lot going on right now. Uh, so it's, it's really fun. So that's covering most of what I want to share. But again, uh, you know, it's officially uh, the summer season for us. So most everything kicked off last week, June 5th, opened the outdoor pool, the uh, South Park waiting pool, summer camp started all of our summer programs, um, lots going on. So really fun time for us, um, uh, very busy. Um, and on that note, I'd like to report um, our, uh, we do a monthly revenue report, um, obviously just keeping a close eye on, on revenues. And uh, through the end of May, um, our revenues are at 1.9 million. Um, compared to that time last year, we were at 1.2 million. So uh, we're, we're looking really good. We're feeling really good about where our numbers are at and um, feel like we're making really good progress. So so that is very exciting. And that's, again, in addition to my other report, that's all I have. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, Jackie Bacher, would you say the 1.9 million is close to where we were at before COVID or are we still pretty far down from revenues? You know, I'd have to go back and look on since I, Mark, you may have a better actually probably have that data. You could probably find it, but I I think we are I mean, we're definitely trending closer to I think, you know, before COVID, I think 2019 was one of our best years mm -hmm. with revenue. Um and so without looking at like the month to month, um off the top of my head, I don't know, but I, I know that's definitely getting us back to where we were pre-COVID. No, it's, I mean, that's an incredible thing. Yeah. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. We are really getting back close to pre-COVID. Getting better, even better work, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah.
Other questions for Lindsay? I have one, just real quick. Mm -hmm. Feeling good about lifeguard numbers or is it still just a hard struggle? Yeah, actually, I think they're doing pretty good. The main thing is just getting them out of school and having time to get everybody trained and all that. So that's, that's I think, um, always going to be a little bit of a struggle. But I it, we're actually looking good. And they've added outdoor swim lessons um, for the summer, which we weren't able to offer last year. So that's um, something we're excited about. Um, they've also started offering additional lap swimming time. So they're um, starting next week. Um, they're going to have some morning swim times at the outdoor pool and some later times in the evening at the indoor pool. Um, so, and then the leisure pool, it will be opening next week, um, Monday through Thursday afternoons from one to four. So that will be the leisure pool. So families can go and have some indoor time as well. So these are all additions to what we were able to do last yeah. year. So we're definitely seeing some improvements. Good, yeah. right? good, good. What a positive meeting we're having. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Director's report. I do want to mention something before we get to the director's report, and Roger might be able to provide that date on Juneteenth. Do you kind of know that? Or I can talk to it, but you probably know it better than I do on what's going on. If not, I can. If you want to. The city uh, co-sponsored again with the Juneteenth group. They're doing their parade on the 17th. They have Macy Gray is their uh, main performer from the 80s, 90s. I'll have to get on YouTube to listen to some of her songs. Um, Jackie might know. Who. Yeah, the event goes from noon to 8 o'clock. Uh, the performance part 8 o'clock ending. We're having our meeting in 20 minutes on yeah. site to do the walk yeah. of the whole site. So. so there'll be food trucks and I think a beer garden. And then last year, um, they went from Sun and Janine ran from sunup to sundown, and she was about spent by the end of the day. So I think it's going to be a very well-celebrated event. Large kids area. We've increased our vendor footprint. and It's going to be a really large event this year. So, so that, I think that's going to be fantastic. I want Janine to not work as hard as she did last year so she can enjoy herself. <laughs> that's why I'm going to help out. <laughs> yep. So fantastic news. And then the Summerfest coming up. We've got some great events. Um, I think staff did a great job of providing updates. The only thing that I, uh, I'm i going to provide is my retirement. I, I've loved my time here. It's uh, rewarding and um, really enjoyed it. Great, great stories. I really want to thank the board, the Parks and Rec Advisory Board, for all your, your help and support over, over the years. Um, it's been a privilege to serve the community and the department and the community. Um, one of the things I'm not very good at is setting personal boundaries. So my family and uh, took a backseat for um, the last six years. And so I'm looking forward to uh, correcting that. So we've got winter passes to uh, the Rockies this winter. And we're going to take some time off and do that. Um, that's all I have. And unless there's questions. Yeah, I do have a question. Uh, how did your uh, the report go to the... City Commission, how did that meeting go? I think it, it went well, all things considered. Uh, I think we did a, a great job of answering the community's questions, the public comments, and added some from the Parks and Rec Advisory Board from the public comments. Um, yeah, I, I think that went very well. Uh, SB 180 was a hot topic at the City Commission meeting. I think the city is still. Uh, Legal still reviewing uh, what are the impacts and how are they going to address that? What is that? That is um, the state 
passed a bill that will say that, correct me if I'm wrong, that what was your biological sex at birth? What bathroom do you use? Oh, and so the transgender community and the identities, uh, big deal warrants Kansas and some of the cities looking at how they address that. Um, and then there's no city commission meeting this week, and then we'll have one on the 20th. But uh, all in all, I think um, uh, report was received well. They're, the community partners, we have the partners we've been working with, Ken Lastman from Call Valley Almanac, um, Courtney Masterson, uh, Natural Prairie Restoration, um, some of the people we've been collaborating with there, and then uh, from the Prairie Park Nature Center, uh, the Vice President of the Prairie Park Neighborhood Association was there for comments. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Any other any other business? Okay, then I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. I'll second. Okay. Now we're now moved and seconded to adjourn. Are there any opposition? Okay, that's a world record. So <laughs> three minutes. Yeah. All right. Wow. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. 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 Thank you